The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to let you know that I have a free roadmap you can download called Start Your Online Business in Just One Month. In it, you'll learn what you need to work on every day for one month to get your business going. I'm talking about defining your services, prices, packages, everything. So head to nishawillery.com slash 30 day roadmap to download yours today. Hi guys and welcome. Today I wanted to share with you um, some of my journey from being a shop worker to an online business owner who travels the world when there is not a pandemic going on. So if you are someone who craves financial freedom, location freedom and time freedom, and you know that you could create that, all of that by going all in on your own business, but you don't know where to start, you're you're feeling unconfident and filled with fear, then this episode is for you. So I've made content here and there about my business journey, but I wanted to give more of an in-depth look at the highs and the lows and, you know, why I believe that starting your own business is 100% worth it and how it changed my life and it can change your life, not just your freedom, but literally changes the way that you think, um, the happiness that you feel and how much you grow as a human being. I think it's the biggest personal growth journey anybody could ever go on. So yeah, so let me start from the beginning with you because I started my business at the age of 18. I quit my nine to five job working at a shop and I started an online graphic design business, graphic and web design business. And I literally had no financial help, no degree, no marketing or business experience to help me. I, I just had the little experience that I, that I had sort of gained from waitressing and working in a shop and a couple of other odd jobs here and there and my own determination to make it work. And now I have built an online business that has allowed me to work 20 hours a week while I travel the world again not while we're in a pandemic. (laughs) But basically I share this with you because I firmly believe that if I can build the business and freedom-filled lifestyle of my dreams with barely any knowledge or experience of how to run a business, then so can you, if you have that desire. Because I'm not special, right? I'm definitely not special. And I feel like if I can do it, then you can do it as well. If you have the desire to build a business, or to, if you maybe have one already and you want to take it full time, then you can. And in this video, I really hope to inspire you to believe that you are capable and that this can work for you no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from, anything like that. 
But real quick before I dive in, if you're watching this live on Facebook, then be sure to like the video because this helps me just get it in front of more people on Facebook. And if you're watching on YouTube, then be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon so you never miss future videos. So let's go right back to the beginning. I'm going to take you all the way back to when I left school around age 16. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't really love high school. I was a bit of a nerd for most of high school until like my last couple of years when a couple of more popular girls sort of adopted me. <laughs> and also I was an introvert, so I just wasn't really jumping at the opportunity to spend more years of my life in, in education. So I wasn't too disappointed about not going to college or university. The only thing that did get to me was that I was a very creative person and it made me a bit sad, actually. I remember thinking, thinking back to it, it did make me a bit sad that I was thinking to myself, I won't be able to get a job in that kind of field without getting some kind of a degree. So it did make me sad. But I got a job at Pizza Hut waitressing for a while while I did quite a lot of volunteer work. And then I worked in telesales. So you know those people that ring you up and try to sell you double glazing, things like that. That was me. <laughs> if you can imagine me sat here now with my little headset uh, trying to sell you double glazing, I absolutely hated it. I only lasted for about two days or one and a half days and then I quit. So, so that was me. And then I ended up working in a shop for about a year and a half, I think. Now at this time, I had this dream to be a novelist and actually had this dream since I was a kid, since I was like 12 years old, I think. I'd always wanted to write books. And so while I was doing this, um, the volunteer work, the shop work, everything, Bef actually, sorry, it wasn't wild. Before I did this, I had entered this short story competition and for youths and I had won third place. And basically what happened from that competition changed the trajectory of my life, even though I'm definitely not a writer, definitely not that great at writing. <laughs> but um, I... Yeah, we basically got our stories reviewed by someone at HarperCollins who gave us, you know feedback on how to improve. My story was really not good. I don't understand to this day how I got third place, but there we go. <laughs> but it wasn't that that changed the, the game for me. What it was, was that we also got to talk with other people who worked in the books sort of industry. And there was one conversation that the five of us, because it was like the top five people who the, the top five youths got to, you know, um, talk with these different people inside that industry. And one was an agent. And they said, if we really wanted to get noticed, we needed to start a blog. And to this day, I wish that I could figure out or that I could find out somehow who that agent was, because that one piece of advice changed my life basically and I would never have had the business that I have now if that person hadn't given us that small piece of advice. It's amazing to think that one thing that you can that you say to someone can change their life without you even knowing it. But anyway, that's besides the point. So I started a blog and that blog evolved. It turned from a writing blog into a personal style blog. And it was a blog that I designed myself. I loved designing and redesigning and redesigning this blog. And eventually, this was while I was working in that shop. Eventually, 
I gained a bit of a following and my followers would be, would start asking me to design their blogs for them. And I realized I could actually make money doing something that I enjoy. And so I put myself out there. I kind of got a bit cheeky and I asked one of the popular design studios back then if they had anybody who came to them who wasn't a good fit for them or couldn't afford them, could they send them to me? And it worked. And they said, actually, I do have, it was like a two person studio, but one of them said, I do have a family member who would like someone to design a blog for her. So I contacted this person, I quoted them £150 for a blog design, which at the time was so scary to me. I remember like quoting it and holding my breath thinking this is so much money. But yeah, but they said yes. And I remember excitedly hurrying into work the next day and telling a co-worker of mine who was, she worked in the shop with me, but she was at university and she was studying design. And I told her about this person who wanted, like liked my designs and wanted to pay me £150 to design a blog for them. And her reaction was, you can't do that. You are not qualified. You don't have a design qualification, so you can't take their money. And I distinctly remember her telling me, you need to go back to them and tell them you can't take their money. And I just didn't do that. I, me being me, I was like, you know what? I can figure out anything. And half of the stuff that they wanted me to do, I knew how to do because I'd done it for myself. And the other half, I was just like, I will somehow figure it out and I will learn it on the go. (laughs) And so that's what I did. So I designed this gothic vegan blog for £150, which if anybody knows me knows that gothic is not my style, but it didn't matter what kind of design clients wanted to hire me because at that point I would take on any work in any style to gain experience, income and testimonials. I learned that I couldn't be picky right out of the gate before I'd even begun my business because I just needed to learn number one, how to design and number two, how to run a business and work with clients. So I built up my portfolio doing free work or cheap work. I gathered testimonials even from people who I'd done free work for, which you can do, by the way. I, surprisingly, people always think that you can't do that, but you absolutely can. If you work with anybody, you can ask them for a testimonial on how that process went and felt for them and how happy they were with the work. But anyway, so I had a little bit of a Twitter following already from that personal style blog that I had. So I tweeted this offer um, for, it was so cheap. I tweeted this offer of £50 blog designs. Don't know why I went backwards from 150 to 50, but I did. 50 pound block designs and I booked five clients. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is actually working and people still want to pay me money and this is amazing. (laughs) So I continued working on my side hustle until um, I was earning, I actually built it up so that I was earning a bit more than my day job, I think, at the time per month. It was either a bit more, it was around the same. And I had about £2,000 in savings. So I took the plunge. (laughs) I took the plunge, quit my day job, and I went all in on that business, which was a graphic design business. And a common question that I always get whenever I'm telling this story is like, but how much money do I need before I can quit my day job? And I would say it's different for everyone, but if I was starting my business now, 
I would start it as a side hustle on the side of my nine to five and I would try to save six months of living expenses. I, at the time, I could quit my my job with just £2,000 saved because my expenses were really low. I had really few expenses. You know, like instead of, so for instance, I'm going to give you some for instances, actually. So instead of moving out like others my age at that time, I stayed at home and I like didn't take on like the latest phone, for instance, things like this. I tried to really keep my expenses low. Um, so I didn't really have that much to pay. So I could afford to take the leap with not very much money in my savings account. But if you have, if you're listening to this and you haven't already started your business and you have a lot of expenses and responsibilities, I would say to try and save six months living expenses. And I would also say to save every penny that you make from your side hustle while you're at your nine to five, put it into a savings account and simplify your expenses. Just for, just for now, it doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. So cut out the Starbucks coffees. Stop paying for Netflix if you have to. Stop going to like weekly nail appointments. Anything that's really non-essential stuff that you can afford to live without and you really won't miss it that much. If you can cut it out to simplify your expenses, then do that because that will allow you to save up, to build that safety net of money that you can fall back on if you quit your nine to five and you need it. I think that um, if you have a safety net of money, like a little, a, a tiny like pot of money of six months living expenses, five months for whatever it is that you can achieve, it will just make you feel safer when you first start your business. And that feeling of safety and security is really important because then you don't make rash business decisions. So the next thing that I wanted to discuss on this journey is equipment. So I was thinking at the time, what equipment do I need? What do I need to spend on for my business? Is it going to be really expensive to start a business? And sometimes people ask me that as well. Like, do you need to spend a lot of money to start a business? And my answer is no, you don't need to spend a ton of money starting a business. I would say that you can do it pretty easily, like on a few things. You don't need as much as I think some people believe that you do. So you don't need an Apple Mac, for instance. I did not start out with an Apple Mac. I used a really cheap laptop that somebody had given me at first. And then I bought a 400 pound laptop from the clearance aisle of an electronics store. So that was, that was how I started. You don't need a fancy, cute office space. You don't need all the business tools and all the fancy posh equipment. I know that like sometimes it can feel like you do, like you need all of these things to be legit, but you really don't. And I would love it if you guys would comment below and tell me, have you ever felt like you can't afford to start your business? Or have you ever used the excuse that I don't have enough money to start a business? You know, you don't have to have all of these fancy things and you don't have to pay for tons of business tools. You can start with free business tools like Asana, 
Asana is a free project management tool. You can use Gmail for emailing your clients and things like this. You can use a tool called Wave Apps for invoicing and proposals. These are all free tools that are accessible to you right now to help you start your business. And these are tools that I teach inside of my course, Organize and Automate. My point is, it doesn't actually cost that much to start an online business. Your overheads are so much smaller compared to if you were to start an offline brick and mortar business. The main things that I would invest in if I was starting my business literally today, um, the main things that I would invest in now is uh, education. So it would be a course to help guide me step by step on how to start a business or a mentor, but basically courses tend to work out cheaper for beginners. Yeah, I would, I would invest in the education to help me start on the right path because that will help you to sidestep so many blunders that you will for sure make, I can promise you, <laughs> if you try to build your business from scratch all on your own or like cobbling together pieces of advice from different blog posts. Is it possible? Yes. But will it take you a lot longer and be a lot harder and, you know, cause you to have quite a few slip ups? Yes. And I know because that's how I did it. <laughs> I would also invest in a website so you can literally join Squarespace for 10 to 15 pounds a month. Don't know what that is in US dollars, but that's all that it would cost you to set up a website and run it per month. And I would invest in a laptop if you don't have one already. These are all necessities that you would need to start a business. And if these are things that you can't really afford right now, then it is your challenge, your first challenge as a business owner to figure out how to afford them. Because you're going to encounter many challenges as a business owner. So take this one on as your first challenge. And when you figure it out, let that serve as proof to yourself that you have what it takes to figure anything out. Let it serve as fuel for your self-confidence and your self-trust and let it show you, prove to you your ability to be an entrepreneur. This episode is sponsored by my premium course, Organize and Automate. Working for yourself can be stressful. Your clients are late providing you with the assets you need to start their project. Your projects finish, but your clients are still emailing you with millions of questions. And getting them to pay you on time is like tearing yourself away from a four-hour binge session of This Is Us. Not going to happen, that show is awesome. If that sounds like you, don't worry. I've got you. Head to organizeandautomate.com slash podcast and join today to organize your entire freelance business in just two weeks on the side of your regular routine. So you can finally put an end to these client issues and stop stressing out. Now, blenders, I want to go into blenders because I know that I mentioned them really quickly just now, but I want to talk about some blenders that I made when I was Sorry, I keep tapping my desk and that might be affecting my microphone. I'm sorry for that. Um, I want to talk about some blenders that I made when I started my business because hopefully that will help you to avoid them in your own business. So the first one, we just touched on it, but I didn't join a course or hire a mentor on, you know, that would help me to learn how to start a business and avoid the common pitfalls. And I look back and I think that... I think that a lot of the blunders that I made, a lot of the problems that I came up against would have just been avoided if I had done that. And it felt like at the time, 
I think I think what it was was at the time it felt like a lot of money to invest in like a 500 pound course or to invest more in a mentor but Overall, I think I would have become profitable much faster if I had just accepted help and invested to get myself the help that I needed. Yeah. The next, <laughs> the next thing that I didn't do, well, the next thing that I did do was I invested all of the money that I made in my business back into my business, like too much and on the wrong things. So I should have invested in education to help show me how to do this properly. And I didn't. And instead I started off well. So you know how like earlier I encouraged you to have the savings and keep costs low, you know, don't like buy the fancy MacBook, use like a cheap hand-me-down laptop or like a 400 pound laptop. I started out doing those things <laughs> and then I kind of got carried away and I ended up like investing in stuff that does not really matter at the beginning of your business, like a fancy workspace and um, equipment that I didn't need and fancy software that I rarely used. And I just found myself investing in all of these things that I think in hindsight, I thought made me a legit business owner or made me feel more professional or look more professional. But in hindsight, they weren't the right things to be investing in at the time. And they, um, yeah, they caused me to lose a lot of money and also to just feel frustrated <laughs> in myself. But that was a lesson that I learned from my first year of business. And also I wasn't looking at my finan financials enough in my first year or two or three to be totally and fully transparent with you. I feel like I was spending too much on all the wrong things and, and also spending a lot in my personal life too. So that was where I was like losing my money too. And yeah, I wasn't checking my financials. I wasn't getting familiar with them. I wasn't using a bookkeeping tool to like lay it all out for me in an organized way and show me exactly where my money was going and the profit that I was making and if I was making a return on investment. So that was a big mistake that I made because the more that I learned to check in on my financials. So nowadays I do it like I don't know, I would say that I check my bank accounts like once a day, if not every few days. And I check in on my bookkeeping, even though I have someone, I have a bookkeeper who does it for me, but I will always log in like once or twice a week just to sort of keep my eye on things. And yeah, I think that that has really helped me to become better at managing money and managing my business finances overall. And the final blunder that I want to talk about, especially when it comes to my first year or two in business, is that I had this elaborate 20-page business plan that I laboured over in on my laptop. Like I made it as this like Word doc. It was 20 pages long. It covered everything from like my um, exact ideal client, like the food that she ate and like the, the books that she read and things like this to like my pricing and all the more important things. But anyway, it was just like crazy long, like this 20 page business plan that was in a Word doc that I never opened. I opened it like once or twice and then it just sat gathering dust on my laptop and I never looked at it again. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until I was like more into my business that I ended up making a one page income plan instead. Because I just like this, this 20 page plan I never looked at. And if somebody asked me to like recite some of the things that were in it, I honestly couldn't. And it was starting to get more and more complicated. And I just thought enough is enough. If I can't give my plan to someone and then 
understand it within five minutes, then it's not working for me. You guys know I'm a big believer in simplicity and I'm a big believer in just making everything as simple as it possibly can be. So I created a one page income plan that mapped out, you know, um, what my pricing should be, how many clients I needed to reach my yearly income goal, what my yearly income goal would be, approximately how much I would pay in tax, all of this stuff. And then I had it laid out in one simple page so that I could see it in just one glance. And it really changed the game for me. It really did make me feel just more like organized and prepared that I I just had this super simple plan that I could take action on every single day. And it wasn't this lengthy, complicated thing. Moving on to getting consistent clients, which I think is the thing that most people will be looking out for in this video. And um, there are probably, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could talk about in this section. I've made some other podcast episodes on this that I will tell you about and link to in the show notes. But the first thing that I did that really, really helped me to get consistent clients was niche down. Picked a niche. I was, my niche was my design style. So my design style was very girly. It was very like almost childlike. And so I attracted, you know, clients who had that similar niche, you know, that similar like aesthetic, that similar style. And that really, really helped me to grow quickly. I do believe that if you niche down, especially to begin with, if you're completely new and out of the gate, if you niche down for a little while, then it helps you to just like grow faster and to get consistent clients faster. I think like when you're in the side hustle stage, it's totally fine to like experiment with everything. Cause I did, I like had a Gothic vegan vlog design that I did. And then I went down the more girly route and you kind of sort of get a feel for the type of style and the type of things that you want to create. I'm not just talking to designers, by the way, I'm talking to anyone who wants to start a business. I think it is important to experiment to begin with for a while, but then once you get really serious and take your business full time, it helps a ton if you choose a niche. And remember that you don't have to stick with that niche forever because every business evolves, every business grows. Nobody expects you to stay in the same spot for years and years and years, but it does help you to begin with to gain that sort of expert status and, you know, attract people who immediately like gravitate to you and see you and think, ah, oh, this is the girl because she knows exactly the kind of style that I want. The other thing that I did that worked really well for me was content marketing. So I got really good at getting my work out there in front of thousands of people by, you know, creating content and then using social media platforms like Pinterest to circulate that content and get my work in front of lots of people. And a lot of people found me as a result of this. What else? I, I established myself as an expert. That's the next thing that I wanted to talk about. I know that we just touched on this really briefly, but establishing yourself as an expert, it's really easily done by niching down. It's also like done by getting yourself in front of other people's audiences. You know, if you can make friends with other people in other industries and get in front of their audiences in like podcast episodes or guest posts, things like this, then it just sort of, sort of helps you to um, get yourself out there in front of people, in front of these audiences and 
you know, you've got this other person, the owner of the audience, sort of backing you up as an expert. And that really goes a long way in clients' eyes as, you know, developing, as far as developing trust in you goes and seeing you as an expert in your field. That comes with time, of course. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to feel like an expert and you're not going to be an expert, to be totally and thoroughly honest, as soon as you start your business. But it is important to start gearing up to that when you start your business. And I know we touched on this point just as well, but another thing that I did when it came to landing consistent clients is build relationships with others in my industry and in related industries as well. Because you, if you can build the right relationships, you can build a business really quickly. This is something that I learned. This is something that my sister has learned as well. I definitely think is that if you like work on the right relationships with people, then you can refer people to them. They can refer people to you. They share you on their social media. You share them. And before you know it, you're getting clients just because like, you've got that network of people sending those clients to you. So that is something that really does help as well. I would recommend checking out my podcast episode 19, I think it is, (laughs) called How I Went From Zero Clients to Booked Out for Six Months, because I talk a little bit more about marketing strategies inside of that episode. And I didn't, I hadn't just started my business at this point point when I like achieved that in my business, but it's still really helpful for you, I would think. Overall, (laughs) having an online business has completely transformed my life and my mindset. And I have complete location freedom. This is a really big deal for me. I think that my life would look drastically different if I didn't have that. Because travel is so important to me. Like it's driving me crazy that COVID-19 is happening right now and I can't, I can, I can travel and I've been thinking about it, but also trying to weigh the pros and cons of safety and all that kind of jazz. But I am really, really thankful that I started my business and I did all the traveling that I've done so far. And I know that I'll do it again in the near future because, you know, my business has allowed me to travel and spend like six months in Asia and three months in Central America, two months in New York. And I've, you know, between those trips, I have also traveled to other countries for shorter periods of time, like Bali and Japan and Turkey and France and all of these places. And I'm just so, so thankful. And I wouldn't have been to any of those places or had the experiences that I had through traveling if I hadn't started this business. So when I, I mean, when I'm talking about experiences, I mean, like for one experience to give you, I went to Bali on my own as like a spare of the moment trip. So I think it was like, I'd always wanted to go to Bali and I had always been telling people that I would like to go there. And then when I was in South Korea, I just thought, screw it, I'm going to go. And I booked it one week. I went the next week, went there and I hiked a volcano at 3am. I met up with business owners who I've admired for years. I began a journaling practice, which is a practice that I do every day now and have done for like two years since I went to Bali. And yeah, in Bali, I just really learned how brave I am and how I can do things on my own and they can still be so fun. I learned like 
how strong I can be. And I would never have had that spur of the moment trip and the experiences that came from that trip, the truly like life-changing experiences and practices that came from that like small 10-day trip. If I hadn't had a business, that would allow me to just take spur of the moment trips like that. Another thing I think that having a business has really given me is time freedom. So I get to go on walks every day whenever I want to for however long I want to. My morning routine can be as long or as short as I want it to be. I can do as much volunteer work as I like because I have the total flexibility to do that. And another great perk that has come from having my business is you know, this amazing personal growth journey that it gives you. I think that owning your own business is truly one of the most like never ending, but beautiful personal growth journeys that you could go on because you learn so much and you grow so much. Like I learned how to speak confidently. I used to be so shy and I used to talk so quietly. I still do sometimes talk quietly. Yeah, I just used to be very inward, very shy, very unconfident. And I remember one time at my place of worship, this um, elderly man, I had to speak in front of the room and this elderly man came up to me afterwards and he said to me, wow, you speak so much more confidently nowadays, well done. And at the time, (laughs) at the time, I'm not going to lie, I was a tiny bit resentful that he said that. I was like, did I really speak so unconfidently before? Like I was kind of offended. Um, But that was just my ego talking because I look back and I'm like, yeah, I think that my business is honestly to credit for that because you when you start a business you have to get on calls you know you have to get on sales calls you have to get on consultation calls you have to do Instagram stories and sometimes do videos like these and the more and more you do them the more and more that you learn to speak well and other things that I learned as well like overcoming this fear of being seen and judged uh, for my work and for my thoughts and opinions because when you're in business, you know, your your face is always online, isn't it? It's always on social media and videos and stuff like this. Or if you're not, your work is always online and on social media. And sometimes, especially as an introvert, I think sometimes there's a fear of that, a fear of being seen and judged by these strangers on the internet. But the more and more that you stick with your business, the smaller that fear becomes. I wouldn't go as far as saying that it goes away completely, but it definitely does lessen over time. I learned things like how to be a leader, how to work with a a small team, how to manage my money, how to cultivate a positive mindset and cultivate assertiveness. This attitude that all business owners have to have that no matter what is thrown at me, I can always figure it out. And because of all of these perks of being in business, all the lessons that it's taught me, the experiences that it's given me and the freedom filled lifestyle that it has allowed me to live over the last eight years, this business has just been so, so worth it. Um, There are tough times for sure. (laughs) There are definitely tough times in any business. I think that's like something that you just have to expect, but it's definitely worth it. You just have to get over the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from starting your business or like taking it seriously. Or if you've like started it and you're like maybe holding on to your nine to five, even though you really want to let go, 
It's about, you know, removing the beliefs that are stopping you from going in on that business. Beliefs like I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money to start a business or I'm afraid that I'll fail. These are the main beliefs that I see in people's way, which means that you are the main thing in your way. I might make a video on this actually, so comment below if you would like that. But I thought that I would just put this video together because I don't usually, I don't often talk to the members of my community who haven't started their business yet or haven't taken it full time yet, but they have such a place in my heart because this is one of the best journeys that I've been on and one of the best decisions that I made for myself in my youth, in my life. And with all of the news at the moment, I don't quite know about other countries, but here in the UK, with all of the news about people losing their jobs here in the UK because of the pandemic, um, we're seeing so many high street stores close down, for instance. And they're saying that like younger people and older people or people with low skilled jobs are the ones that are the most at risk. And that would have been me if I hadn't started my business and if I had still stuck with my shop job that could very well have been me. In fact, the place that I worked, the shop that I worked in is now closed down. And you never would have thought it back in, back in the day because it was just one of those, those stores that did really well. And it's been around for like ages, like decades. So it's, yeah, it's like got a very big place in my heart to talk to ones who do want to start their own business because I just think that it can be the most life-changing thing if you just give it a go and you just take action and you push yourself to go for it and be the person who decided to go for it. So anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this video. Um, if you have any questions or you have anything to say about this episode, I keep saying video, even though this is going to be repurposed as a podcast episode. <laughs> so if you have any questions about this or anything to say, then do DM me on Instagram. I'm at Nisha Woolery. But I hope that you guys have enjoyed this and I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next week. Oh, and don't forget that if you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, give this a like because this means that it will get this video in front of so many more people who need to, who maybe need to hear it. And that's what I would really love for this video. So thank you guys. And I will see you next week. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to. And iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.